You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Indie musicians can now, or maybe, go against DSPs? And TikTok combats AI. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely... Coast, coast to coast. I'm running out of times so I can say that. Joseph Wazaleski. It's true. Space I guess I could adopt it in regular proud life. Of us. But I feel like yeah. it would be really weird if I was like, oh, my host, Coast to Coast, is calling me. I feel like you should change my name and your phone to, to host Coast to Coast. Oh, my God. You want to hear something sh- funny? I forgot to tell you this. Speaking of our relationship as host to host, like kind of thing. So I was having coffee with some people, right? And... um I was, I, you know, you're my business partner, correct? Mm-hmm. You would say that's a correct thing. But sometimes yes. I like to say partner. So I was talking yes. to this person who is part of the LGBT yeah. community. <laughs> and they were like, I was like, yeah, me and my partner have the show we do. And she was like, oh, my God, congratulations. And I was like, look, we would make a great couple together. I'm sure it's we could true, get some Vogue magazine cover kind of stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. You could... I, I could I could clean the dishes. You could make dirty dishes. We would have a very good relationship. Damn, you're um, talking this up. I feel like, but it was like gotta, I was like I think I cannot, we're gonna elope. I cannot hold episode. a candle. I cannot hold a candle to your partner. So, you know, it's just uh, I you know it's really funny. And I was like, oh no 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 no. And I was like, I you know I'm not I'm like I'm not a fake ally. I'm just. Just sadly straight, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so you can just, just imagine you in the middle of Portland Brew, <laughs> south, and this. That was pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty close ally. to where I was. Yeah, right. Um, fake. No, He's see. fake. <laughs> oh God, folks. Um, I, now we're getting more unhinged, and you're gonna probably see it till the end of the show. And if you haven't heard, this is our second to last episode of the show, 149. Going yep. into 150, we're really at a higher number than that, but Filing that's what my number away. tracker says. Um, 
But we're, we're going to get a little off the cuff in the last episode just to give you guys some uh, stuff, kind of maybe dish some stories, kind of hit some we big issues. We might get canceled. Might get canceled. I, some, some's telling me that we're going to As a fake ally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, it was just really funny. And I was like, but but seriously, though, like, you know, I am an ally. So it was just like full circle. I was like, you know, going with that. But um, yeah, it was it was just it made me laugh so hard. I was just like, yeah, my partner, Joe, he like we work together all the time. <laughs> you know, I love it. Um, anyway, Joe, very who tender. wants to start with some of our last stories that we're really going to cover on the show before we get into our really crazy last episode? I feel like I can. I'll go first. Mine's pretty, uh, pretty cut and dry, but I feel like has some interesting elements to it. Um, it might Fair. be dated, honestly. <laughs> like after, <laughs> I mean, it would be funny. Our last episode, like true episode, is TikTok. Um, that would but, be really good. <laughs> yeah, but TikTok has currently rolled out um, some tools for labels uh, when it comes to labeling AI created content. Ooh, I um, did and see more this. Sp- this seemed really yeah. interesting. And more specifically in the music realm, uh, AI created content that's like sounds pretty much. So yeah. uh, there's a lot that AI can do at this, at this point in the, the, our generation, our current time frame, we're at this culmination of like AI could, could forever change the way uh, humans live their lives. At least that's what Elon Musk is pushing um, to some extent and a lot of these big tech people. But whether or not that's going to be true is is hearsay. But w- what I feel like everybody can kind of get around is that it is very true that AI can create content that can mislead you into thinking that a human made it. Um, in a yeah, lot of absolutely. cases, especially if it's not tagged on with created by AI. Um, more recently, better, right? Colin, did you see that crazy TikTok that was borderline racist oh, um, no. that a lot it? of people were uh, seeing? It was this creator who her whole thing is that she face maps herself and she does a transition and she changes into like a new character. Oh, um, that oh, she creates through so AI. Bad. No, yeah, okay. and she cr- she did a little uh, TikTok uh, swipe uh, when it comes to like the transition shot, um, and she turned into um, a black woman who uh, the creator is originally a white woman, and so a lot of people had um, a lot of people were uh, making jokes. They were kind of like, "Is this like the new era?" It, like, is this the new era of blackface? Like, it yeah. just keeps going. That's true. <laughs> like, I mean, just... that's honestly, that is a major concern with, L- uh, you know, with like AI and specifically with the strikes that are going on in LA is how AI could disrupt a lot of diversity and casting specifically on the actors, but also on the writers by being like, oh, we have this AI that can, you know, create a story or create a character and it looks real and they're, you know, black or Hispanic or Asian or something like that. And that's a real concern. So I I don't think it's, you know, some people acting, you know, rightfully concerned about it. It's true. Like this is a concern that unions are fighting over right now. You know what I mean? 
I think especially too, like even, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about AI when, when it pertains to entertainment specifically, yep. but I also think that there's a lot of potential neglect being um, brought on when it comes to uh, political ads and like political statements and oh and yeah, ad can space imagine for that. If, like you know a fake you know if there was a really I good mean one, fake right, news your favorite it's politician the, literally it's literally literally fake news yeah it's literally the fake news generator oh, <laughs> like man. and which Colin I don't know if you heard this there's like a really interesting daily episode about like how there was this um, it was like two years ago they came out with this episode I think it was like during the election craziness two or three years ago. Um, and it was about how this person gets like hired out to just cut memes together. And, and now you don't even have to hire that person as a political (laughs) person. You could just get an AI to cut a bunch of memes together for you and then like spread it everywhere. And to be honest, the way that social media is now it's quantity over quality and people still consume it. So it's, it's, a lot of like just post every day stuff that can be throwaway and be terrible. It can be fake. It can look fake and people will still think it's real. Right. It's kind of the crazy thing behind it. Um, but according to Billboard, in July, President Biden's administration announced that seven leading AI companies made voluntary commitments, quote, to help move toward a safe, secure, and transparent development of AI technology. Sure. And one sure. key point, quote, the company's commitment to developing robust technical mechanisms to ensure that users know when content is AI generated, such as a watermarking system, because that can't get yeah, taken that, off. That, that can't go. Uh, this action enables creatively with AI to flourish, but reduce the dangers of fraud and deception. Um, and so they're basically kind of like testing... There, there's a couple of things. They're kind of testing when it when it's like giving people the option to put the stamp of like this is AI technology, which I do think like I feel like it's so buzzwordy right now and like it's getting so much attention online that like people and creators are doing it anyways to get that like hype bubble and, and to get a lot of views. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that kind of goes out of fashion, like like AI becomes normal and people are like, I don't care <laughs> that, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you're telling like, me that this is AI. Magical. Yeah. yeah. It becomes like this unsafe territory of like, oh shit, we're going to like think that this is like a real thing. Um, and so like, there's like a lot of research that's kind of being put in to figure out if there's even a way to use AI to, to find out if something was created with AI. Um, and to like kind of funnel that in and self-police in some ways, um, which have been proven to be useful, especially when it comes to um, people in schools, um, which if you don't know, if you have ChatGPT write your paper for you, unless you're very crafty in having ChatGPT write it, a lot of the time it's still going to get caught. <laughs> Uh, with their own AI generated thing, because guess what that thing is using? AI. ChatGPT. <laughs> so it's every you know, time it's, I hear that, it just reminds me of like what was it like turnitin.com, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, and, that's uh, what it is, I think. It's like yeah. it's it's finding the percentage chance that like 
this was created with AI. I mean, you know? if you think about it, it's very similar to the same technology where it's like, um, where where basically it says, you know, hey, we found this other piece of literature that you plagiarize. You know what I mean? So it's it's not really that far. I mean, it's a new technology. AI is very new, but it's like at the same time, it's like the concept is not that far off. It's the same reason you would get caught for plagiarizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Billboard continues. Voluntary commitments are, of course, voluntary which is likely why TikTok also announced that it will, quote, begin testing an AI-generated label that we eventually plan to apply automatically to content that we detect was edited or created with AI. Sure. Tools to determine whether an image has been crafted by AI already exists, um, and some are better than others, uh, but in the June version of the New York Times uh, tested five programs, finding that services are advancing rapidly, but at times fall short so basically what's happening is like because it started so late this because like we're already like almost a year into ai right i think a year like it's 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 been out it's been it's been ai version one eight twenty eight thousand you know at this point and it's it's continuously getting smarter and smarter and so because of that a lot of these programs that are starting at the at the base ground are having a hard time like catching up to its AI competitors because there's so much information that it still has to process through and it just hasn't had the time to do it. Fair. And also, yeah. of course, people are shifty and can get past it. Speaking um, of which, can I can I interrupt you for a second, Joe, just to say yeah. something that I've been doing this whole time while we were talking that you're gonna laugh at? Um the thumbnail of this podcast episode is going to be generated AI. Hell yeah. Because I Have what, you been what doing we got that? to lose anymore. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I generated I I did music business podcasts and I whatever the first one was, I was like, I'll do it as long as it's not, you know, crazy offensive. So I just think it'd be funny. If you've been wondering this whole time listening to the show, what the hell is that? That's what it is. Anyway, Hell keep yeah. going. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've I've actually I mean we got into here. You know what? We're going to talk about it, Colin. Colin, we almost got canceled <laughs> like <laughs> weeks ago uh, because I I stupidly made like I threw in some of our video clips into like an AI program and it chopped it up and like it it to its credit, it got us to go viral. Like it found those like key moments in an hour of footage that like I didn't have time to cut together. Um, and I posted to TikTok and Reels, and on Reels, it just exploded. Uh, we got to almost a million views Yeah. Um, within, like, I think, what was it? It was, like, a million views in, like, uh, like three days or something. Something and, like that. But we were kidding. <laughs> the way the cut happened, it made it seem like we were making fun of Gen Z, which in the context of, of watching it, it does kind of seem like we are. Like we're just two dudes like right. making fun of Gen Z. And if you're but listening to the show, w- what we it have cut context. out. Yeah, what it cut out was the context of like, oh, we're actually like in agreement with like Gen Z like not drinking as much like in these like bars right. and stuff also, like that. Also the entire time I'm going like Oh man, I wish I could drink. I'm so cool, and people are like, wow. "Yeah." And people took it very. Se- people they were thought like, "Colin was bullying Gen Z." They were like, "Colin <laughs> is a 
and you know uh anheuser like, bush plant you called, you called them nerds ironically and i've never heard anyone call nerds anyone call anybody nerds unironically like right. especially online but people believed it and that's that is kind of to to what we're talking about here uh kind of the toss-up of like your voice can get diluted when it comes to these ai technologies because they're so i mean they're making choices on your behalf right of like how they're editing something i'm gonna put this uh this AI, this t- thing I just generated into the chat, Joe, so you can see it, so you can see what the audience is seeing. Um, there's a lot going have you, on. So, with it. have you been doing this for like weeks? No, I just did this right now while we were talking. <laughs> oh, oh, this is you an brought art up piece. AI. I thought you were I thought doing... this was the funniest thing. I was oh, like, this what did we just hard. generate? Wait, yeah, why? Look at... Why didn't we make this? <laughs> we're gonna. Are, can we make this? Our... Um. Yeah, I I love our, it. Our no, thing for, for this, episode, this episode, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hell We're yeah. going to do that. I don't know what that thing is in the middle. It looks like a some sort of antenna or like... There's a maybe, lot of pop filters happening. There's a lot of pop filters. There's clearly a guitar that's been thrown in there. This is very like Eastern European art. Like, yeah, uh, which I, I, appreciate. I love it though. I would... Honestly, I want this on a t-shirt. <laughs> this looks amazing. Oh, God, Joe. God. Uh, and this is the power of AI. Uh, what so is it? One... One percentage or one half of dot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Music no, podcast. So, no, get it. Like, but seriously, though, we've been talking about it the whole time, especially with TikTok. It does take. It, it's a lot easier to generate than it is to find tools to you know find what generation is right because you got to think about it that's like an extra step it's like you have to understand how this stuff is kind of generated and then on top of that you have to understand how to identify those things that are generated so i'm really Mm -hmm. glad to see that tiktok is taking some steps to try to you know filter the content and go this is ai generated this is ai generated this is ai generated because it's seriously going to be a problem as the technology gets better. Now, I'm sure some of you are laughing at the greatest thumbnail that's ever been made. But, like, it, it's, <laughs> you know, a lot of this AI stuff, you know, they're like, it's made with AI. And, like, there's two things to that. One, it's – and this is honestly, if you – one of my favorite books, The Toyota Production Method, um, is uh, – Automation with a human touch is a principle in that book for efficiency. And that's very similar to AI where this is automate. This is automation. Like it's automatically making this thing. Right. And then with a human touch, you can make AI look incredibly realistic. Like I'm sure if me and Joe went into this image and we, you know, fixed up the words and put the percentage and maybe took the logos out and the, you know, they'd be like, Oh, this is just like some art. You know what I mean? That like they had, made or commissioned or something but it's ai Mm -hmm. generated and the same thing obviously the bar gets higher with video but like the same thing happens is that a lot of this ai stuff is also you know one it's getting to a point where it's just it's good enough to be on its own and two it is like with a human touch like a lot of people because you think about it like people generate these ai content and they generate and they generate and they generate and then the human touch sometimes is just as simple as that one's the best one. You know what I mean? Like, so that that's kind of the thing with AI is it's got a long way to go. But with human touch, 
this can really be used to deceive people. This can be used to literally create fake news, as Joe was saying. And so, like, it, it's definitely something that I think needs to have some system to flag or filter, not in a negative way. You know, it's like this is innovation at the end of the day, but at least say, hey, this is AI. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people that use social media as their primary news source, which a lot of people do, don't get confused about something. Or worse, you know, like we could have, like you're saying, political uh, ramifications from this because everybody thought, you know, the president said something or like some other, you know, legal official said something and it wasn't true. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and you have to think about this too. It's like AI is its own fledgling interest in like industry and everyone's excited about it, but the amount of experts in it are few and far between. And just you guys listening to the show and us having an interest in talking about AI has already put you ahead of so many other people. You know what I mean? That don't even think about that AI is out in the landscape. So that's why it's really dangerous is that there's a lot of people that haven't even factored in AI as a thing in the same way that like if you look up, you know, everything goes back to school for me today for some reason. Like if you're looking up sources on the Internet for like a paper, you're like, that's a non-credible source. You know what I mean? Like people, you know, have just been looking at stuff on TikTok regularly before AI and going, this is the gospel. This is true. This is absolutely true. And now with AI, it's like, we can make that gospel say whatever it wants. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. I I do think that we're going to see people, one who are, you know, trying to be maleficent with it, but also people that may be fearing that this will stifle kind of AI content, you know, maybe go into suppression. But I think that this is a tool that's extremely powerful. So the you know, the question of how much or how little we use needs to be answered. You know what I mean? So, and and that's, that's a question for everybody. You know what I mean? Like then it could come down to context. It could come down to what's going on in life. You know, there's a lot of things going on with that. So I don't know. Right. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a, it's, it's like, it reminds me so much to some extent on the hype that was NFTs. And I feel like they kind of bled into each other. Yeah, like, a little bit. Okay, like with any tech thing, there's like, you know, like the big tech things that happened in our lifetime were streaming. And then it goes into Bitcoin. And then it goes into uh, NFTs. And now it's going into AI. But I think what's different about AI in terms of those other ones and what makes it more powerful is because of the ramifications and the real ramifications that it has on how it interprets mass data and like how it like collectively shapes, um, not only shapes, but can can build on itself. It can like, it has its own, I don't want to say personality, but brain. right that it can it can stack up and like i think i think like the hype behind those other things that i i just listed off you know it did it definitely seemed more like a fad right like this is a fad this isn't actually going to like help the a lot of people with crypto actually thought it would help like a bunch of people um and like it didn't have you know it didn't have a really innate value you know what i mean like it didn't have a it, it didn't have an everyday value 
Well, that is it, for sure. In in the sense that what created value for it was that people believed it had value as opposed to having something intrinsic at the end of the day, like not, and I don't believe in this whatsoever. Cause this is like the argument people use to go back to the gold standard, which should never come back ever when it comes to finance. But like, at least at the end of it, like gold, like, you know, is it could be used in electronics a lot. You know what I mean? Like it has a very high usage and the crypto it's like, yeah, there's nothing that this does except take away resources and everything like that. And AI, like you're saying, has an intended use. So I think in suppression, when it comes to TikTok, it, you know, it, it, it's a, we gotta, this is a very careful walk through a minefield that I hope that we're prepared for as a society to walk. You know what I mean? This isn't like, mm-hmm. we've solved it. We're just gonna ban everything or like put a label on everything immediately. It's just more of like, well, we need to look at this and see how we walk through this minefield and how we assess this kind of information and like the systems that we have and like what as a kind of free market society we want to put constraints on because it's a it's a very dangerous, you know, piece of technology in the wrong hands. So we need to watch out for that explicitly at the end of the day. So I think yeah, it, it's something that you know, like, I, I love your point about technology kind of blending together because there's things that we don't think about that really like it all blends together and then we're here and we kind of have to take a step to be like, no, we are at this step, right? We have to take ourselves out of it and be like, we are at this step with AI. So we have to mm-hmm. figure it out. Like one that came to mind when you kind of went down that argument for me was the dot com boom to like social media. Um, yeah. I, you know, Joe and I, for this example are blessed to have older siblings. So like we understand what that kind of was different. I mean, the dot com boom was like websites are out there. You can use them for services. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And it made the stock market go insane until it eventually crashed because people were just getting websites to have websites that didn't have a use or a service, i.e. crypto. So mm-hmm. that happened And then that was like around 2000. And then like right around there is when social media really started to come off. And if you talk to people that are around our age that don't have a lot of older siblings that aren't, you know, very historical about technology, they think all of that blends together, right? That we had websites, social media, you know, and it's all just happened at once. But that was one step we took. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the ramifications of having websites that we could get services through and, you know, good services, vital services, right? Good things. Like we hadn't even fully explored that yet. And then it goes, here's social media that has the power to socially change how we talk to each other and whatever. We're, and then I'm like, wait, we're still talking about .com. And then it's like, here is streaming music, media, whatever. And it's like, we're not even on the .com thing. Stop doing this. And here is mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. And you're just like, we need a minute to talk about this, right? So I think it's one of those things where you can't stop it. And like anytime any of these social media companies or the, you know, the government are doing this, we're already behind. So there kind of has to be some urgency to this, right? There has Mm -hmm. to be some urgency to like, what are we doing? How can we do it? Let's do it. But at the same time, I did say it's a careful minefield, which is what makes this all freaking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's truly the wild west. I'm gonna take um, my tinfoil hat off now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. It's great. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, TikTok's not the only company that's also rolling out plans. Uh, Streaming service Deezer has also laid out their plans um, to develop some tools to to grab them. Um, And uh, according to Billboard, which is also another quote, a quote from an economic point of view, what matters most is regulating the things that really go viral. And usually those are the AI generated songs that use fake voices or copied voices without approval. Um, and that's a quote from CEO of Deezer, uh, Geronimo Fulgaria. Uh, um, and according to Dennis, uh, like, this is a crazy name. Uh, I'm just going to say Dennis L., um, who is the Believe co-founder and CEO. Co, you have t- uh, technologies out there in the market today that can detect an AI-generated track with uh, 99.9% accuracy versus a human created track. So um, he goes on, quote, we need to finalize the testing we need to deploy, but these technologies exist. Um, And then someone else pointed out um, that there's definitely definitely like a lot of kind of countering points, um, especially uh, Cynthia Rudden from Duke University um, said that, quote, every time somebody builds a better generator, people build better discriminators and then people use the better discriminator to build a better generator. So the generators are designed to be able to fool a detector. So I'm going to, I don't know about you, Colin. Uh, I'm going to listen to the Duke university person over the (laughs) believe CEO. (laughs) Again, it's all based (laughs) on each other, right? I mean, this is why at the end of the day, like, but it's very similar to the field and the questions that cybersecurity deals with all the time. Like, where all our passwords mm-hmm. are, where all our data is. That's what they do is they pr- make systems to protect data. Something breaks the system and guess what they do? They examine that thing that broke their system and then they adapt and then it's better. That's just how one life kind of works, but two specifically technology works. The problem with technology and especially digital technology is it's insanely fast. So if you get a whole, you know, if TikTok or any of these social media companies make this whole system where it's like, this is how we identify AI and this is how we label it. And then like literally it's like, by the time you put the system out, it's already gone. Now people use that in a bad way. Like people say, then it's not even worth trying. And that's not true, Mm -hmm. right? This is a constant battle. And this is definitely something that I think, you know, social media companies with the content that, you know, users create that is not exactly cultivated by TikTok, we'll have to have literally departments to deal with, right? We'll Mm -hmm. have to, and I hope that, you know, all of them are like, we're making these investments now, but every one of them is like, we're making these investments now so we can make more content and make more money. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, well, you need to be getting these people in there and so you guys can differentiate this content and so you don't accidentally like sway people into, you know, crazy ideologies or thinking that the world's going to end in two days or something like that. Right. And that's kind of the power. And to be honest, it can be doomsday like that, or it could be something as little as like, you know, in our show with music business, like imagine an artist you like, and then they come out as an AI and they say like something super, you know, kind of controversial to their fan base even, you know, and they're just like, I didn't say that an AI said that and there was nothing I could do about it. Right. You basically lose the ability to control your own PR, which is kind of insane. Yeah. It's, it's just so 
crazy. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's beyond the scope of our show. Happen. That's why we're that's why we're ending it. We were just too busy thinking about AI all the time. So, <laughs> from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family, like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Reef 
Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Colin, what... Do you have? All right. Well, speaking sort of about AI, but not really, um, we're talking about a proposed U.S. bill, which is very interesting as this could allow indie artists to negotiate collectively with streaming services, which I was like, hello? You know, this is casually going by my newsfeed. So this bill is called the Protect Working Musicians Act of 2023. It was introduced on September 19th. So that was a week ago from today. And uh, basically, the House Rep Deborah Ross, a North Carolina Democrat, updates an earlier bill that was introduced by Representative uh, Ted Duluth, a Florida Democrat. And that bill basically focuses on the relationship between indie artists and music streaming services. So basically what this allows them to do, and like AI companies I'll get to in a minute, but it allows these musicians to work together as indie artists to collectively bargain against streaming services for these rates. Nice. Um, So the reason why that's important is because most indie artists use like an independent distributor, like a TuneCore or a DistroKid or CD Baby, for instance. And those people negotiate licensing deals with the DSPs. Uh, some mm-hmm. even do like, you know, a digital rights music licensing network. If you've ever heard of Merlin, it's a little bit different. But the point is, is like, there's another company that's already made this agreement with Spotify, with Apple, whatever, and their rates are their rates are their rates, right? And so like, they can't really do much here. And the bonus of a label, and honestly, one of the biggest bonuses of a label is they collectively bargain, you know, and, and because labels, if you think about it, basically act as a union of themselves, right? They go, we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of artists on our roster. We have, you know, we'll probably get the next big people because that's what we do. We promote the next big people. So give us a deal, Spotify, give us a deal, Apple music, give us a deal, Amazon. And that can be in like promotion, actual payment, upfront payment you know what i mean we've talked about on the show like drake was the most streamed artist of last year like the just straight payments he would get right that were just like Mm -hmm. you're a big artist here's like a hundred thousand dollars you know what i mean like not like oh you're paid for it was just straight up from spotify the point is is that this bill uh basically lets you collectively argue on that together and it creates an exemption to the u.s antitrust laws that would allow them to negotiate licensing deals with a quote dominant online music distribution platform or a company engaged in development of generative artificial intelligence. Isn't that Mm. interesting? So the bill basically defines quote, a dominant online music distribution platform as an entity that operates an app website or other online service that is used by members of the public to listen to sound recordings da, 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 via digital audio transmission and audio visual presentation or any other means basically being like, there's no way you can, you know, argue like Spotify tomorrow can't be like, we only do CDs now. Like it's like, Nope, you're, you're doing it. Um, and mm-hmm. the main caveat for these online music distribution platform, like what fits in it and what does it is just revenue. Mostly it's saying if you make, 
annual revenues of over a hundred million dollars or more than you can be, you know, collectively bargained with under these, you know, artists. And these artists basically can come together. And what's what's pretty kind of cool about it, and I kind of interesting to me, is they can do it under one lawyer as like a big class action lawsuit, basically. Mm. So like wow. imagine if you will, like we have like, I imagine, will. like, all these scenes of music. Like, Nashville has a scene. Atlanta has a scene. L.A. has a scene. New York has a scene. You know, I'm sure Oklahoma has a scene, right? Like, imagine... OKC, they... baby! Okay. The OKC scene! Yeah, right. Um, But, like, seriously, like, imagine, like, all of them, you know, they go to shows together to do this. They're just all on sign. They were waiting for a record label, and they just turn to each other and be like, well, I know you. You know me. We know each other. We know everybody else in this town. Why don't we just go get a lawyer together... And let's go get us some good rates on Spotify. You know what I mean? I thought you were going to recite the Barney song. I love you. You love me. You know, um, but like, yeah, it's it's basically that's kind of what it is, is that they can collectively bargain against them as like one big thing to try to get, you know, basically better rates and privileges that the labels usually use as their like defining thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit is like with these kind of tools, do you think this weakens labels in general? You know what I mean? Like this feels like what a label does collectively bark mm-hmm. it. So do you think this you know, yeah. weakens people, you know, wanting to maybe be on a label even more than they have been in recent years? You know, I don't, I don't want to say yes, because I think, I think that there's my gut is telling me that like, honestly, the thing that labels have up on pretty much everybody in the industry is they're grandfathered in, um, in a lot of ways. They have longstanding relationships. They have long, uh, they have a lot of money that is saved and pooled, um, to do a lot of things and a lot of brand, um, awareness from not only the general public, but, um, from, um, the legal space as well. And I industry relationships too. I do think that, yeah, I do. I do think that like labels have been losing power in a lot of ways. I think people have been saying no to label deals a lot more recently um, because, you know, a lot of the stuff you can do yourself there, there are certain areas like, especially when you get to be a certain point as an artist, you do kind of want that signing bonus. That's kind of like where people get like, okay, I'm ready to have this good signing bonus <laughs> right now, right? Um, to help out with the life stuff. Um, and I think that that helps. And also having like a team of people like, you know, not not every label is the boogeyman, you know? Um, but the label system is changing. And I, I I will give you this. I do think that this will change the ways labels operate. I don't know if it's going to take power fully away from Now, labels. I think that's that's a very astute point because there's one thing I also haven't mentioned here actually. Um so this is at the same time that apparently major record companies are trying to negotiate with streaming services for better payment mo- models, aka collective bargaining. Um mm-hmm. but one that's interesting here is that 
they want this new model that I've seen. It's called that they have like two groups of basically royalty groups and one is professional artists and they're defined as having a minimum of thousand streams per month or a minimum of 500 unique listeners. And so they want the differential between professional and non-professional who are people that don't fit that, you know, catalyst of being over a thousand streams a month and 500 unique listeners. They want a higher rate for the professional artists and then they want to lower the rate for the non-professional basically, which mm -hmm. is interesting for a couple reasons. One, we, we had a whole story on the show one time when I was talking about that, I think it's close to, it was like close to like 80 or 90% of musicians have like less than like a thousand uh, or to a hundred, like, or a thousand streams per month. Right. And so yeah. it makes sense that it's like in the way that streaming is calculated, it's calculated as a pie. Like basically it says like, it's not just like you get this money right away. It's calculated in big pie percentages. So basically saying like, you know, if Spotify made $500 million in revenue, they go to the labels first and they'll be like, okay, universal music group, you were 500, you know, you were would say half, even though maybe that's not true, but they're the biggest uh, label in the world. Universal music group, you were half of the streams from Spotify. We're going to give you $250 million. Okay. And mm -hmm. there you go. And then it's like, now we're going to this. There's a lot of computation and like different stuff in there. I know I'm ignoring. And then Universal goes the same way and they go, okay, Drake was, let's say something crazy, was 40% or 50% of our basis. So then it goes to like 125 million to Drake, right? Then they cut out based mm -hmm. on his deal. They take the 90, they take Drake gets like the 10 to 20. Then Drake makes like, Eh, like $10 million. Right. So, um, that's how that works. So it's interesting because it's like, if you take out the other ones, right? Like you're, you're making the pie bigger from the beginning, right? You're making mm -hmm. like going like give us, and they literally call it a du double boost to royalty payments. And one thing that's beneficial for, you know, professional kind of artists, quote unquote, is that you get these double boosts and who's maybe going to have continual streams, continual listeners, which you notice that's not based on total. It's based on like a continual people that have teams who are probably signed to labels. So like, I think that's kind of the idea is that in a way it would, you know, take this money and put it more towards people that have this continuous career who are relying on it, but I think it's going to make it way, it would make it way harder to come up, you know, via royal royalty payments. Cause we joke on the show all the time about royalty payments are a joke, but at the same time, I'm like, there's something after a while, there's something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, it would just be interesting, you know, for these people that get just like a couple bucks, you know what I mean? It's not crazy, but yeah, that's. I thought that was interesting that you brought that up, though, like the collectiveness of it and kind of like how we could have incentives. And I think that's why they, meaning basically the big three labels, are really campaigning for that kind of model because there's kind of some complex math there and it doesn't make it feel like, like from a political standpoint, it doesn't make it feel like, oh, we're taking money from other people. It's like real artists get paid more. Are you against that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I thought that was very astute. Yeah, I, I, 
man, we'd really just as like collectively as the music industry, we really just love cannibalizing ourselves. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when it comes to like, which I guess it's not totally like streaming. I mean, we could go back to like the day one argument of streaming of like, you know what you could do had. instead of being like, you get two and you get one, just raise the fucking rate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, but that's Colin, to do that, day. to do that, we'd need a union, and the music industry doesn't want. Oh, you unions. mean you need to collectively bargain? Yeah, but yeah. it could be interesting. I think this would be really interesting if this gets through. Again, like it's notable because uh, I just thought it was a very interesting argument to make, but I don't know if it's going to get through. I mean, one of the congressmen on this said, "As you've seen in Congress, lots of bills aren't passing, like the budget, so it might mm-hmm. be hard." But basically, he says. Uh, this has been a very bipartisan issue in the Judiciary Committee. It's the perfect time to bring these issues up. So maybe this could be like, you know, if Congress is getting crapped on from like the American people because they're not doing their job, they could be like, we did something. Everybody's for paying more musicians. You know what I mean? Like, we did something. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it'd be interesting because I feel like there's some labels that would probably be like, no, don't do this because then that de-incentivizes labels, you know, to their Congress friends. But like at the same time, it's interesting to see kind of this argument be made. And I like, I just imagine, and I would just like to see it, to see it like, imagine like one giant company decides like, Hey, everybody that's an independent musician hit us up. If you want to be part of this collective thing and like thousands and thousands of musicians join together under this like being, of like a lawyer or two and they're going like, now we will collectively bargain as the thousands and thousands. You know what I mean? I would love Mm -hmm. to see like the independence of that. I though I am worried about, you know, like the business model of it because being like, we could just do it. It's like 10 people, you know what I mean? And you could pay me $40,000 as a lawyer. And then instead of making $200 a year, you make 400, you know what I mean? Except Mm -hmm. you still owe me $40,000. That's where I worry about this law. But from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh 
refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Anyway, Joe, I guess... I don't know what we'll do for the last episode. This is maybe the last time. What have you been yeah. listening to? Yeah, let, let's let's. Um, I feel like we could do it for the last episode, but um, I haven't listened yet. But I will. But Devendra Banhart just released a new record. It is so beautiful. Uh, it's called Flying Wig. Um, I have actually listened to it um, because I've was honored enough to work um, on this project, and I. And very proud with a lot of the stuff that we've created. Um, and such an amazing team. Uh, and such an amazing, like, songwriter and just being Devendra is, like, super, super sweet human. So please check out his newest record. It's called Flying Wig, um, available everywhere. Um, but I've also been listening to, I listened to that new Troy Savon song. Which please tell me you've yet. listened to that. No, I mean, oh I my can put God. it in my ears right now and see what I think. Dude, okay, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything, but you have to listen to it purely for the sample. Purely for the <laughs> sample, and this is the newest yes. song. It's, is it called It's Youth? the newest one. What's uh, it called? It's called, called Got Me Started. Got Me got Started. Got Me Started. Okay, well, let's see. Yeah. Um, got Me Started. You putting somebody, it in now? Somebody, yeah, I'm going to look at Somebody's going to be like, are you kidding me, Colin? You don't know Troy Savon's whole catalog? I'm like, I'm sorry, man. 
All right. Oh my God. Is this really a uh, starstruck? <laughs> is that what that is? Really? Yeah. It's a. It's, uh, what is it's, that? Um, it's the da 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 yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. I can't remember what that is. It's like. Uh, is it? God, uh, I know what this sample is. This I would mean, be I a good ad for it. that new Google, the Google Voice search thing. Oh, what's the sample? Yeah, hold on. Let's see it. Let's no, see I got it. I got actually. it. It's shooting stars. That's what it is. I was yes. like, it's something like Starship or something. Yeah, that's so funny. Cobra Starship. Was that what you're thinking? Uh, it's, it, what, what did you say? Co- Cobra Starship. Is no, I was not thinking, thinking of? of Cobra Starship. Uh, <laughs> God. I might have been thinking of the band Jefferson Starship and then later Starship. But, um, oh, nice. Let's see. Uh, the thing in old bands is, I mean, that's half my thing on the show. We've made 150 episodes. I'm sure if we averaged them out, it probably wouldn't be later than like 1990, 90% of the time. Um, but basically, uh, we, we recorded yesterday a little bit for one episode and I, for, or two days ago. And then I forgot that I got to work the next day and I was like, oh my God, today's the day. And it's the 21st of September, baby. So I've been listening to that. September. Um, yeah, I mean, that song holds up in, incredibly well. Like, like, well, all of Earth, Wind, and Fire's catalog does. I mean, it's like one of the few that... Um, of like the disco era that like really holds up. Like you can play this song at like a wedding or like, you know, and with regular people around and people aren't like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was listening to it. Um, it's like one of my favorites. Um, I think I've talked on the show. I mean, we've been doing it for three years and I'm sure I made the September joke, but like there was a guy that used to do videos every year for the like song on, and like his whole like joke was like, today's the day, like kind of joke. And he would do it literally every year and then he stopped doing it. So I was really sad about it, but I did, I did have some interesting like song trivia about it, which was which is fun to learn is that like basically the song, like the songwriter for it was like kind of approached by like the lead singer Maurice and was like, Hey, you want to write the song? And, uh, he wrote the song and it was really funny because apparently like according to everyone, everyone is always like, what the hell is happening on the 21st of September? And they literally were like, it just sounded the best. Like there's nothing going on that day. There's not, there wasn't yeah. like, that's when I was married. You know, like it was they, like, they nope. were just like, that is, it, it rolls off the tongue. And it's weird nice. part, weird thing about the song is the guy wrote, like, I think he wrote just the, like, he wrote the lyrics. I don't know if he wrote the chorus. I mean, I'll give him credit if he did, but like mm-hmm. the funniest part about it was that he wrote the song apparently. And it's, um, you know, uh, got you know the regular lyrics and then the chorus starts and it goes you know like that and first off side note this is one fight i've gotten in with somebody pretty much every two years it is body it is not party on it is not any other it is just okay yeah i thought it was yeah who says party on there there are people i have had arguments with that go that's not what it says i go look it up look up what the lyrics are and the amount of times i've looked at the google search results for this song is too many because everyone's like (laughs) oh god you were right i was like i know um but basically (laughs) they're like wait colin why are you so upset over this and you're like it's just it's my thing okay yeah it's my thing 
One thing that's really <laughs> funny with this is that apparently when the when the uh, lead writer like wrote the song, he didn't have that part in there, and apparently he hated that part. Um, oh, really? Like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of it, it doesn't make sense. It's yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. What have I, I've I've been misgendering this person the whole time. It's like uh, I, Allie Williams writes the song, so like. Uh, they they wrote the song. I'm just gonna say they. We'll just go with that. They wrote the song, and like, um, it was so funny because they have this quote that I love that says, "quote I just said what the fuck does body ah mean?" <laughs> um, and he and Maurice essentially said, "quote Who the fuck cares?" And they said, "I learned my greatest lesson in songwriting from him that not every lyric, uh, that not a lyric should get away in the groove." You know what I mean? Basically being like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, if I asked you to like sing that song, that's probably the part you remember. You know what I mean? Other than do you remember? Um, but yeah, it's so funny. Like I was just, I was just dying at that as I was just like, what the fuck is body? Yeah. Um, Anyway, we're going to leave you with that question, audience. What the fuck is body? What the fuck is body? What the fuck is body? Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.